This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast, episode three. Calgary urban legend, Calgary food spot favorites, and work and safety. Today, I wanted to talk about an urban legend that I came upon in Calgary, which I've known for quite a while, but it's about the Dean House. So I'm just going to read this little quote I got out of the Avenue Magazine, which is a Calgary-based magazine in our city. Here it goes. So a lot of myths center around the Dean House, which sits on the other side of the Inglewood Bridge from Fort Calgary. The house was built in 1906, but only moved to its present location in 1926. Allegedly, suicides, murders, and other accidental deaths have occurred in this home throughout the years, although only two deaths can be confirmed. CAPI investigators have accumulated proof that the building is most definitely haunted, quote-unquote. Photographs taken in the hopes of documenting evidence are often blurry and inconclusive. And charge on fully charged recorders will drain upon entering the attic. Paranormal researchers refer to this as a vortex or an electromagnetic disturbance. And the clip continues. According to those who frequent the house, a disconnected telephone will often ring, followed by the smell of cigar smoke. Perhaps even more enigmatic is the blood stain in the attic that frequently changes in size and color. That just gave me goosebumps. The blood stain sits just outside of the closet, which will not remain locked despite the efforts of staff. Staff are quoted as saying they've tried to lock the closet only to return and find the door open and the lock lying on the floor. Any objects left in the closet will be found outside of the closet a few meters away with the doors open. The reason why I picked the Dean House as one of the first urban legends I wanted to share with you about Calgary is... We were married there. So my husband Jeff and me were married in the Dean House September 8th, 2001. Yes, three days before the awful 9-11 events of our lives. There was discussions around the Dean House being haunted while we were having a reception at this location, which kind of added to the mystery of this historic site. I remember being in the giant bathrooms on the upper floors and feeling like we were being watched, cold and chilly. The Dean House was a spectacular place to hold our reception. When you go in on the main floor, there's this sweeping staircase and a veranda that wraps around two sides of the entire building. So when they set it up for any sort of an event or reception, the main couple or the people who are putting on the event or the star of the show sits in the corner so they can see everybody 
and everybody can see them from both sides. So it's an amazing position to be in. You don't have to have rows and rows and rows all straight ahead of you. The people on one side of the room can't see the people on the other, but everybody can see you and you can see everybody as the center point of the room. And it was an absolutely lovely place to have our reception all those years ago. And um, we rented the entire property so we didn't have to share it for anybody or share it with anybody. Typically, the Dean House is open for business. Um, You can go for a nice lunch or an afternoon walk around their gardens. Um, They back on to the Bow River and there's uh, a nice patio out the back where you could have a picnic and that if you wanted to as part of your event. The Dean House is located uh, just outside of Inglewood in Fort Calgary. So if you're coming into town and want to go for a nice lunch in a spot that's been around for a hundred years in our beautiful city, I would definitely recommend the Dean House. A couple of our favorite spots to try for food, which I thought I would talk a bit about. We live in an area in Calgary called Mount Pleasant, which is uh, sort of centrally located uh, just northwest of downtown. And we live close to a restaurant and bar called Four Spot. And Four Spot is located on the corner of Four Street around 24th Avenue Northwest. Fourth Street is a pretty main drag that runs uh, in the northwest part of the city. And this restaurant is kind of a, I don't know, a local watering hole, if you want to call it. It's been around a long time. Across the street is a fire hall that's been there for probably 100 years. This bar, restaurant and bar, it is um, super quaint. It reflects the mixed demographic of the area that we live in. There's lots of inter, interdynamic couples here, one kid or two kids, um, and lots of infills and gentrifying the neighborhood. And it reflects um, in this restaurant when you go in there. There's tons of families. There's a bar upstairs. Some people use it uh, for meeting places like the local photography club. The local photography club will go and have like a little meeting in there. We once held a birthday party in their small private room at the back, which is quite large. There was probably, I don't know, a dozen or so of us. And you go in through these double doors and it's just a perfect little spot to have your little meeting or your little party. And... London and I, my daughter, will go there every once in a while, just the two of us. They have an old-fashioned hutch or a buffet up against the wall. And when you open up this hutch, it's full of toys for kids. So you can see all kinds of toys in there through the glass. It's kind of like an oak hutch with glass doors and brass knobs. 
And so you open up this app and they have old fashioned toys in there. So London goes and she grabs an Etch-A-Sketch and a jack-in-the-box and brings them back to the table. And she says to me, Mom, what is this? And I said, well, that's an Etch-A-Sketch. How do you use it? So I was showing her, but of course, one of the knobs didn't work, so you can only go up and down to make your drawing, but she thought that was just awesome. I told her that that's a um, old-fashioned iPad, and she she kind of connected the dots, I guess. Um, and then she also grabbed an old-fashioned jack-in-the-box. So it was your typical tin. It had the triangular kind of chevron drawing around the perimeter of the base, and it was blue with yellow. And then it had your old-fashioned wooden handle wind-up thing on the side. And so she turned it, and of course this clown pops out. scary clowns. And uh, yeah, it was just a total flashback. And what a great thing to have in this super modern area. And these kids who grow up on iPads and electronics to go into this super quaint restaurant and introduce your kids to old-fashioned toys. It's just a great feeling in there. Every day of the week, they have a different special, like your typical, you know, wine and wings Wednesday or beer and a burger um, combination. Good, wholesome food, um, comfort food, good-tasting their fries are fantastic. Their pizzas are just awesome. And they have um, fun names for their food as well, which is always a riot. So like Popeye's Mistress is a vegetarian pizza or olive oil, which is another vegetarian option that has like truffle oil on the pizza. Both of these are just one of our favorites favorite pizza choices and you know their pasta is good and their burgers are yummy and they have quite a few good beers on tap as well and um, yeah it's definitely worth checking out so that's fourth spot restaurant and bar located on fourth street and around 24th avenue northwest in calgary so stop by and have a beer and you can sit out on the the patio and, you know, watch the people walking by and just enjoy, enjoy yourself there. Another place I wanted to just do a, a bit of a review on is kind of one that holds a special spot in me. When I first moved to Calgary about 20 years ago, I of course needed a job. And I was working at Safeway at the time, and I needed another job because I was only working part-time there. So I applied for a banqueting position at the Carriage House Inn, which is located off of McLeod Trail Southeast and 90th Avenue. And this hotel and banquet facility ha is actually celebrating their 50th birthday this year. 
2018, which I just heard on the radio. So I thought that was good timing to share on the podcast. And, you know, I worked there in my early 20s and late teens, and I loved it. It reminded me of growing up um, with my dad and working in the food service industry with my grandparents. And you got to, you know, work in weddings and bartend, and it was just a super fun job. And so, yeah, it always holds a little spot in my heart. I love going there. Some of the people that I worked with there 20 years ago are still there, working and running the carriage house. The food there is excellent. Their Sunday brunch we still go to, not frequently, but... We'd like to probably go more often, but it's just delicious. They probably have the the best brunch in the city. It's a bit pricey. I think it's about $27 each adult plus the child. Um, But it's worth the money if you were to compare it with other facilities that are hosting brunch. Like a traditional brunch where you can get your hot food and your cold food bar and your vegetarian seafood as well as meat dishes and they have like excellent salads and they have a good hot buffet and a waffle station and yeah it's just has a good variety of all kinds of food um one thing that they do there is they put shrimp in butter and garlic and they fry it up at the buffet so it kind of wafts through the air as you're filling your plates. And it smells so good. And then they also have a large chocolate fountain um, running that has fresh fruit all around it. Or you could dip your brownie in it or whatever from the dessert table. It's totally worth the stop. I'll tell you a story. When I was working there, Nettie... She ran the bakery for, I think she worked there for 30 years. Her and her daughter. Her daughter's name was Darlene. And her name was Nettie. And they weren't exactly, um, how should you say, friends. I don't know what the dynamic was between them. But they both worked there for a long time. And they weren't exactly close. So they had some sort of a falling out, which I don't know the story of. But I worked with both of them for many years. And um, Nettie, the lady who ran the bakery, she one night um, asked me if I wanted to help make pierogies. So coming from a Polish and Ukrainian background, I said, sure. So I stayed and worked a couple of shifts and made pierogies with her and other people in the bakery and I still have a rolling pin she gave me so it's pretty cool but we we sat and chatted and made pierogies for hours and ah, it just made me feel so good inside she was just truly passionate about running that bakery and she had all kinds of like neat little um, tips and tricks I use that word because it just is kind of all-encompassing and I sat and rolled dough and made pierogies for hours and got to know her 
And she also ran um, a kosher bakery out of this facility, which made this bakery and the store that sold the bakery a hot spot. It was sought after with the Jewish community. They would go in because it had a kosher bakery in it. And I know like around Easter and Christmas, she would sell out of her, her hot cross buns and her fruit cake and stuff like that. It was always a hit. So if you're in the mood for a great brunch in Calgary, I would suggest the Carriage House Inn. It's off McLeod Trail heading south or north, but it's southeast and 90th Avenue. And because it's their 50th year this year, they are selling coffee for 50 cents per cup for the rest of the year. So if you want to go and have a great cup of coffee in a beautiful facility and enjoy your moment in this carriage house that's been around for all these years, a constant staple in our city, please do. It'll be worth the stop. So my last topic I wanted to just follow up on with you guys today is safety and work. So in the previous episode, I discussed the challenges of implementing a new health and safety program within my company due to the changes in legislation as of June coming up this year. I'm looking to gain buy-in and um, acceptance and accountability from the employees and workers as well as the ownership and management at different levels within the company. So last week I took a safety's basic course through the MHSA, which is the Manufacturers Health and Safety Association here in Calgary. And it was located um, way up in the north east part of the city, kind of by the big mall cross iron mills. So I went up there to take this course and ah, it was just proved to be fruitful in expanding my knowledge of what I will need to prioritize the different areas for compliancy and accepting of these regulations within our company. So a few things that I need to implement um, more quickly will be core certification. So I got a checklist for that. And that just means certificate of recognition. So your company is in compliance of some of the main things you need to implement for your health and safety program. Um, a safety program, so all the key elements within that, and regular maintenance of vehicles and tools, which was a big eye-opener, regular inspections, um, and that would be the safety committee and ownership inspections of the facility, the general work areas, housekeeping, tools, equipment, etc., and, um, of course, work sites, so your field level, ha- field level ha- hazard assessment, I can't even say that, 
FLHA forms, as well as toolbox meetings and forming an actual safety committee. So it was pretty interesting being in this course because there was uh, three or four other companies in there and they all had safety programs implemented within their company. So I was kind of this green novice attendee and really leaning on my fellow schoolmates or you know colleagues that are in this program trying to figure out what's the best approach to implement something like this kind of a magnitude within a smaller facility and how to gain buy-in and some sort of accountability within the group of owners, employees, workers, laborers, etc., So they kind of provided me with some direction there and really wished me luck on, you know, changing the way of thinking and our company culture. So it was well worth the time and I'll share with you some of the insights that I learn um, throughout the program. We're in the process of pre-qualifications for certain tenders and working with some construction companies like LeadCore and PCL and Canna, Graham, Elliston, like all of the big ones and you need to have these safety programs in place. So if you have any direction or any feedback that you can provide to me, I'd really appreciate it. Just email me, Valerie at ValerieMoss.com CA and I would love to get some feedback on this and you know what were some of the trials and challenges that you faced implementing this type of system within your company and how was it accepted with your new and um, long-term employees and you know your older employees versus the newer younger ones And kind of, you know, who was the champion in these departments and how did it go over? Yeah, I'd really appreciate some feedback on that. And I think that's it for today's episode. So please visit my website, ValerieMoss.ca and leave me a comment or provide a review on iTunes. Or rate me in your favorite podcast interface. And yeah, I'd appreciate your feedback. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.